Hey, this is Jeff and Jeremy from the Ultra Running Guys. This week's episode, we're going to be talking to Derek West on the topics of suicide and also mental health. And we also reference an organization called Run Talk Run to find out more about how they use running to provide mental health support and also how you can start a Run Talk Run in your area. Visit runtalkrun.com. Other people uh, might deal with it differently. They might go out for a run and I just might look at my medals or I'll look at a photograph I took or a race photo and went, let's do more of that and not think too much about the fact that I might not want to wake up tomorrow. Let's wake up tomorrow and try and find another reason to want to not end it. As always, huge welcome to the Ultra Running Guys community, Jeremy Reynolds, Jeff Winchester of the Ultra Running Guys, and we are super excited tonight. We've got somebody coming all the way uh, from across the pond in London, so officially international. Worldwide. Worldwide. Um, one of the things that's been really rewarding about doing this kind of thing and running in general is you get to connect uh, with people from all different walks of life and running brings you together. So our guest tonight uh, has really caught our attention, uh, just kind of the way he, he lives his life, runs his adventures, and we'll talk about it. Uh, but Derek West from uh, London, the philosophy that really caught our attention is um, run for adventure, that, that movement is a privilege. And so you'll see this guy, man, has some cool adventures. And so we're going to jump into that. So with that, Derek, thanks so much for joining us. Hello. Hi, mom. <laughs> and I actually would like to say thank you for pronouncing my name right. Because <laughs> well, not everyone gets my surname correct. Oh, really? So really? How, how, do, how do they typically pronounce it? Well, usually West, but I think there has to be a German aspect to it. So they might, they might say Weiss, Weiss. or West, North, South, East, West. But, so thank you. You've been doing some really cool adventures. And so all the London underground routes has been something that you started earlier this year. Um, and then you're getting ready to run bus routes in London. And so bottom line is, man, you use running for adventure. And we think that's so cool, especially a couple of guys that end up running a lot of the same loops over and over to train for races. Um, why don't you start by telling us how you decided that you were going to run all the London underground uh, routes and we'll go from there well it started with I was sitting on one of the trains and I was on the central line which runs from Epping which is in Essex on the east and it goes all the way to Ealing Broadway West Lyslip on the west and sort of in the sticks as we say um, over here and I was just sort of looking at the map and went I wonder if it's possible to go from there to there running and that was it's just as simple as that I didn't get around to doing it for several years and when I started meeting more runners I kept talking more about it and then one day I figured out how to make a route I think it was on Garmin on the Garmin route planner and I, I wanted to start with the central line because that was my my home line because I'm very near to that uh, 
but I started with one called the Victoria, which goes from north to south, and is one of the shorter ones at 16 miles, and finished it and did some yoga. <laughs> Just so for the, the listener's perspective, like when you say the central line, how many miles is that? Miles? Um, if kilometers. We'll convert. On, on foot, because the, as an extra caveat to this, other people have done it, but they've just gone from, say, Epping to West Ryslip. What I've done, and as far as I'm aware, I might be wrong, I might be the only one to have done it. I've gone from station to station. And that route, when we did it, it was back in June, it turned out to be 65, 66 miles. Wow. That's a lot of miles. Yes, I, I was zombified by the end of it. I still sprinted. Still bring it to the last station. So, so when you do a 65 mile central line run from station to station, like you're saying, um, is it all the same day? Is it all self-supported? Do you have friends that go with you? How do you pull that off? Like the incentive I gave myself do it all in one time, all in one day. Um, there's actually another guy that I came across on YouTube and he, doing exactly what I'm doing, doing all the underground lines. He actually finished them all. Um, I might even give it, it's called Underground Map. He's based in London as well, but he would do sections and he's done all the underground lines. But I thought, because I like the much longer distance where I can really just get into the groove, do them all in one go. And that's how many is it? At least four, if not five of, I think there were 11 lines. A uh, hundred kilometer, like sixty-two mile plus. Really? So how, uh, when I've done the routes. So how many how many lines have you run? Bigelow, Victoria, Hammersmith and City. So no Central Circle. I'm pretty sure I'm missing one. No. Yeah, five, five so far. Five, and they're all averaging around sixty miles. Actually about 20, but there's about half of them are about 20 something and half of them are about, look like about 60. Okay. So you're at 300 miles in those six lines, roughly, that you've already covered. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And you started in June, is that what you said? I might have done the Victoria line, which was the first one sometime last year. Okay. Yeah. So one thing I probably should have started off with, um, how did you, like, how did this philosophy come about of, you know, obviously being runners, we know, and a lot of people, usually there's kind of an event that dictates a training plan that dictates, you know, hey, how many miles per week or something like that. And, and like I said, most people run to kind of train and I fall into that habit sometimes. I think what you do is so cool as far as either, you know, run for adventure, um, run to explore. How did that really come about? Or has that just kind of been a philosophy that's always been in you? It's evolved. I think it's... Um... I, I've run for quite some time. I think I, I started somewhere around 2006 or seven. I actually don't know. Because um, I know it's during my first year at university and that's when I started. But I didn't actually have my first race until 2010. Things started to hurt, so I laid it off. And then in 2012, I saw an ad for it was 
I'll say again. London to Brighton in 24 hours, which is uh, 100 kilometers. It was a walk. I actually saw people run at the start and went, they're crazy. And I thought <laughs> it was uh, a walking thing. And this was, so I did my first ultra before my first half or even full marathon. Then I found, did my first marathon in 2015 and then got really into races. But was really fell in love with obstacle racing. And there is obviously an adventure aspect to that. And that it's running and strength and other things. But I think it's only the adventure aspect that you talk about. It's really been within the last couple of years where it's like being Madonna. It's kind of like reinvention, trying to keep <laughs> the whole thing interesting. I, dude, I, I feel that so much. And so that's actually how I got into running was doing Spartan races and obstacle races and, yeah. and, and loved the draw of that and thought, hey, I think I'd rather go far than, you know, try to get fast. I got um, my first trifecta up somewhere out there. Nice. Awesome. Nice. I get tired of doing burpees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, it's true. But I think... Uh, you know, that's something I really want people that are plugged into this, I think, to take out is that there's such an opportunity to explore and to have fun. And two, we were talking about this before, two of my most memorable runs ever. I went on a trip uh, with the Air Force out here, went to Germany, and I ran 15 miles around a town out there that I'd never been to. And the next day was at Niagara Falls and explored Niagara Falls running. And I'll never forget those two runs um, just because of the exploratory nature. So the fact that you have kind of built you know, you're, you're running life around that. I'm interested. What are some, so let's say, you know, even with the train sections, what are some things that you've learned or have come across that you never would have if you, if you weren't taking on that kind of challenge or out exploring? How close some of the stations are. <laughs> How ridiculously close some of them are and that people will spend the time to go through the ticket hall down an escalator, wait for the train, get on the train and come up where you could have walked it in about half the time. Uh, that That's one of them. Um, how quickly the surroundings can change. Yeah. So where I, I live very near a place called Walthamstow, um, which isn't that far from Stratford where the 2012 Olympics were held. And it's, it's a very diverse place, lots of different cultures, lots of different people, young, old, everything. And then as you start running into the center, it slightly changes and then you get to Oxford Street and bam, it's all posh. It's all shops, it's all very shiny. Then you start to get out and then you hit the end, which is Brixton and very colorful lots of graffiti extremely diverse area of people and that that's the main thing when i've run the train lines is just how different certain parts of london are and i expect when i start doing more and more of the bus routes that'll probably be just the same uh, yeah it's more sort of how how quickly things can change depending on what part of London you're you're going through. I personally think it's kind of cool. Um, as Jeremy said, you know, when I think about my own running and training that I do, you know, I tend to pick a race that I'm targeting. 
Um, and I, like, like him, we'll pick, you know, we run around our neighborhood where we live, right? Um, and you see the same thing over and over again. And so one of the things I really like about the idea is it kind of personally challenges me to, to look at my community and look at the city and stuff that I'm near and say, how can I just go explore it? Even if I want to continue to do the mileage that I've got set for each day that I've got in my running plan, how can I yeah. do that anyhow? And so um, I think it's a really cool idea. And I'll, I'll kind of follow up with that. So there's, uh, you know, we could probably talk forever. Some of the other cool things that you do are very social. Mm -hmm. uh, the run, talk, run. So you do a lot of group runs, lead runs. One of the ones I heard on the podcast I thought was super cool was the London Burger Run, where you essentially go run a half marathon, eat a burger and hang out. Um, I just want the burger. I know. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. I have um, a reputation. I, I, I always get at least two or three in one. Nice. We could be friends. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. But again, the thing that really stands out is kind of the joy that you are finding that it's not about just ticking off miles. Um, so talk to us about, you know, I think one of the messages that really comes across, and I've heard you echo it a few times, is running is a privilege. Um, and what I think is really cool is there's no judgment that comes along in that. And I don't know if that if I'm even saying that right. Um, but tell us that. Tell us tell us what that means to you. Running is a privilege. Well, move, move, movement, movement. Movement. I'm sorry. Yeah. Movement is that, a privilege. That is, that's something I really started to think about since about 2016, 2016. Um it was the wall, which is a 69 mile ultra between Carlisle to Newcastle across parts of Hadrian's Wall. I don't know why I'm doing this. And <laughs> um, less than half a marathon in, I got like a twinge on the outside of my right knee and ended up walking 40 miles. Because like the, the sort of not sort of dropping out never crossed my mind. I didn't know that was a thing. I was like, well, I'm just going to walk and just get to the end. Um, and then that made me realize something was happening somewhere else, so up in my hips and around like the glutes and stuff like that, and got more into mobility. It was then I really started becoming more confident in my job. And in my job, there are people that, when I say people, students, children, that can't move. They're stuck in a chair, they're stuck in a bed. Their only movement might be a to let you know they're happy. They just might move their finger, they might move their eyes or a little bit of a, they might not have any facial control. And when I sometimes run, I think of them as that if I can do this, I know it can be taken away like that. Um, and I think when I really established the phrase movement is a privilege was when I think it was my second attempt at 100 miles, which I wanted to do to raise money for a charity called Versus Arthritis because my mum has rheumatoid arthritis. And when I think of her, I think she still moves around despite her condition. Uh, she's one of the strongest willed people I've, I'd know. She is the strongest willed, willed person I know. And I'll think of her doing it despite her condition, that her condition doesn't control what she does. And I think if I was to not take advantage of the fact that I can without difficulty, that would be um, not giving myself enough credit, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
there's so many places I kind of want to go now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really just, um, I'm sitting here listening to you talk about it. And I thought, that's powerful jump. Like that is really good. Um, and that is such a motivating thing uh, for you. And even for somebody listening, just kind of to hear that that's what inspires you. And even the philosophy of that, you know, mo movement is a privilege um, and that it can be taken away from us at any moment. And uh, something about, you know, I think it, it drives the way you think about things, you mentioned that you had done, you know, the ultra and that you walked for 40 of the miles at the end. And it just speaks to how you, you see the, um, the importance of movement, but also it speaks to your, your mindset and how you think about things and process, um, you know, the pain that you're in at times. Right. Um, and so one of the things that, um, we posted, I guess we were doing a podcast with, with our friend Steve, and we were talking about, you know, he's going to do his first hundred K and he was going to going to the pain cave. He wasn't familiar with it at all. And so we asked, you know, different people what their thoughts on the pain cave were. And you actually responded to us uh, to that. And you said that people should simply accept it. And I know that for him, it helped him this past weekend. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, we, we discussed that with Steve and really just accepting the circumstance. So this past weekend, I ran 12 hour, uh, ended mm. up going really well for me, but I had a really tough, tough, low point uh right in the mid 30s about 33 34 miles and i actually thought about you and the accept it and some of the stories you had shared because to be honest i was frustrated i was embarrassed um it wasn't going the way that i thought it was going to go and it wasn't until i thought okay like get off the emotion and just accept the situation that i'm in and keep putting one foot in front of the other um and i'll tell you what man the switch eventually flipped and it was a great day um but I'm interested in, tell us about that. Um, how does that play in your challenges and your races when things are low mindset wise? When you're doing long distances like we do, or if they actually both shorter, middle and long and ultra distances, at some point the body's gonna go, no, screw you, I don't wanna do this anymore. And I had it, it's the first time I recognized it, it was during my first hundred mile attempt and I'd been awake for nearly 24 hours and I just still kept moving. Things hurt, but I was still sort of plodding along and it felt okay. It felt okay that it hurt and it's different for everyone. Some people find it quite hard. Sometimes the body needs that little bit more extra time to get into that routine. I think that might about happen when you had that 35 mile point. And so there's two uh, instances that come to mind that I've heard you talk about. Um, kind of funny, not kind of funny. I don't know. The first one, uh, let's see, the race, uh, race to the king. Mm. <laughs> you, ended up, you ended up dropping from the race because you were going through. Uh, you said you stopped to address the call of nature and you're essentially it, peeing coke. Mm -mm, <laughs> the color of that cup looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so obviously that was, uh, you know, a, a change in the expectations of the day. I've also heard you talk about the Thames 100 um, and some of the attempts there and really, you know, you had just kind of a devastating, took a wrong turn, went out of the way. Um, and I'm sure eventually, you know, you eventually timed out. And I'm sure that that's one of those times when the acceptor, the conversation you got to have that real tough conversation mm -hmm. with yourself that, hey, my day is probably over and I've worked really hard for this. Um, and I think that's where we kind of connected about accept it, but mm -hmm. tell us what specifically in that, when you're dealing with anger or disappointment and all that, how did you kind of reel yourself back in specifically? What did you say to yourself? 
Have I done all I can? It was <clears throat> what had gone wrong? What am I going to do next time? Have I done all I can this time? Cool. <laughs> Waterworks. I think it's when during that first uh, 100 mile attempt as a T100 I hadn't t I hadn't seen what the route was like I'd only gone past on the Thames when in, in the centre of the city um, they had told us you stay on the north side of the river until a certain point and then it kind of switches over bridges I hadn't um, done any recce runs whatsoever so I, in a way I set myself up not necessarily failure but for a very challenging time and then I just got into a groove of running and it was only when I had a call from someone who was tracking me and saying you've gone way off I'd realized just how much I've screwed myself over by not being as prepared and when I'd gone off I'd gone onto an island round in a circle back to where I'd gone and I thought I was about to have a breakdown because I, it was night I'd Nothing had gone really right then. Uh, my friend on the phone trying to calm me down, got back on route with someone, realised I was about to get timed out at 50 miles, ran for my life, nearly got into a moving car before my friend was like, no, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> um, and from then that was where I accepted the pain cave park. I was really, really tired and it was the furthest I've, nearly the furthest I'd gone. And when I got to this certain part of the river called Henley, Henley on Thames, I was six miles from the 80 mile checkpoint, but I was six miles from it. And wow. I had 10 minutes to get there. And yeah, that, that math does not add up. Nope. nope. Mm -mm. Um, and I've been there. Yeah. I, yeah. I looked at the, I looked at the, route, the map on, on the map, but this ain't going to happen. Right, let me just start finding my way there. And I asked myself those questions. What what did I do wrong? What am I going to do right next time? Have I done everything I can for this? Actually, you know, 80 miles is a ridiculously long way. Next time. And in a way, it was a calmer way of saying, you know, F you to the things that are going on up there rather than ranting and raving at something I don't have any control over. I think the question that you ask yourself, have I done everything I can, is incredibly powerful because we've been there. And if you can be honest with yourself in that situation, because a lot of times it's the overwhelming amount of what's mm -hmm. left and, but you can keep walking, like you said. And so I think that, you know, there's probably a lot of times when people can look back and go, man, I wish I just would have kept doing x but if we can answer that question have i done everything i can it gives you the reason to go well no i haven't let's just focus on that well i would say even in that moment you'd want to kind of pre-answer before you get out there because in that moment it's hard to answer that question because you're going to feel like you have even though rationally you haven't and so um i think it's a really good question as well um like you said it, it is a good segue to something that um you know we mentioned earlier we've been stalking you for a little while on instagram and stuff and um <clears throat> Those are good lessons that you you learned and how you you kind of self-assess. But you you made a post in in July of 2019, 
where you reference this black hole of stuff that we've already touched on, we won't stick on any longer than that. Um, but where you came out of that, you know, you were looking back at that race and you, you posted five tips that um, you thought everyone should kind of consider when they're looking at runs. And so I'm gonna kind of read them off. Um, and it says, the first one is just take it slow at first. So that's the first thing that if you're considering doing an ultra run, you should take it slow at first. Um, and then you went after that and you said, walk the hills or run if you can as if you're really pissed off. I love that. <laughs> Absolutely love it because it's, it's the idea that, because when, you know, I live on the coast here where I'm at and it's all flat. And so to look at hills requires me to not be happy about doing them. And I kind of think this is going to be horrible suffering. And so to, to kind of change the mindset and take them aggressively or be mad at them is a really good way of, of looking at that. Um, the other thing says, do eat, even when you don't feel like you want to. And then you said, don't think about how far you've got, excuse me, don't think about how far you've yet to go, but how much of a badass you are forgetting where you are at that moment, right? And so it's more about that mindset that we've been talking about. And then the last one was, it said, take in everything around you and you'll remember this for a long time, which is basically it's your philosophy of looking at your, your adventure. But I bring this I up. I just had a good warm feeling go through. <laughs> I, said, I forgot I wrote those. <laughs> you did good, right? But here's the thing I'm going to challenge you on. You wrote that post as part of your, your black cola post where you were very dehydrated, right? And you didn't mention hydration. <laughs> Nothing to well, say. Well, it could be drink and eat even if you don't feel like Yeah, that's There right. you go. That's now, right. now you're back on. <coughs> Excuse me. We read those though and thought that is exactly what we want people to plug into this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's for people that have experience to be sharing that because everybody's different. But man, those are gold for if you're just starting out. Mm -hmm. You know, some of it is about be easy on yourself, and some of it is just do the smart, sensible things. You know, um, a lot of mindset. Yeah, a lot of mindset. Very cool. So, follow up question with that. That was July of 2019. Is there anything you would add to the list? I think this actually goes all the way back to when I first started running. It's just see what you can do. I like it. Very it's, cool. I, I started by running from where I was staying in halls at university to a nearby shopping sort of complex center kind of thing. I'd mill around shop and then run back. And then one day I went, what if I don't stop? if I run there and then just run back, I didn't even know what the distance was and it didn't matter. Um, I just went, what if I don't stop? No, let's just see what I can do. And I usually think that with a lot of ways, like with the train line to go, right, let's just see what I can do. If it doesn't go to plan, we'll just try again another time. You don't have to reach the end of what you want to do that first time. And I certainly haven't on more than a few occasions but you'll always learn something from it. Yeah, uh, that's, that's really cool. Um, like you said, there are people who listen um, of, of various experiences in running ultras and, and people that we talk to a lot that are, are very curious, how do you run that far? They ask us those types of questions. And I think that's a really good bottom line for them to, to challenge themselves is just to see what you can do. And I tell them something very similar too. It's, it's like, sometimes you just have to push yourself and see what you can accomplish. And so um, I think that's spot on really spot on yeah as a, as a caveat i say like what you you two have done with me and i've been following what you two have done to follow other ultra runners or just runners in in general because you will learn a lot from 
others, even if their goals and what they're doing isn't doesn't match up with you, you can easily take a thought that they've taken and mold it into something that actually suits you. Transitioning a little bit, so I th I think probably the first time I ever interacted with you again, we connected because of running, right? Hey, here's a runner, let's connect. Um, one of the things that has struck me really about you is, is how transparent you are. Um, your account is so cool, man, because you've got these epic races, you've got some cool like workout stuff, and then you've got some pretty deep kind of serious topics that um, you have a way of just putting out so honestly. And I think putting out without judgment on yourself or others, um, but you're, you've clearly gone through and, and probably still continue to go through some things. And if you don't mind, uh, you know, the post that really caught my attention um, and you said you weren't going to do it, uh, but it was for suicide prevention month and you posted some sticky notes that you had actually written to yourself oh, yeah. that, that, that were why not to end it versus, Hey, you know, what are my reasons to keep going, but what are my reasons to not end it? Um, and the reason I think it's so powerful is because again, we've got such, we've got so many different types of people. Um, and I know very well, you know, a lot of times ultra runners tend to be extremists. And so you've got people who just enjoy the high. You've got people that, uh, are, have very addictive personalities. You got people that struggle with mental health and that's one of the things that they use. Um, and so if you don't mind, I was just going to kind of read through these, um, you can decide if you want to, you know, say anything or not, but to actually see the post-it notes. And so it's reasons not to end, end it. You had, it feels too easy. And you've got some things that kind of go along with that. It doesn't feel right in your details where, you know, you're in a bad spot and hey, it didn't feel right. And you were able to walk away from the situation. Yeah, sorry. And before you go any further, like, one of the things on the post that I thought was really, really powerful, like the, the um, that feels too easy part. Um, and I, he's, he's right. A lot of people that we interact with um, are, are, have a lot of, a lot of things that we're challenged with, you know, that we are, we all wrestle different types of demons. And that's why I like to stick the middle finger up to it because I have my own. Right. Um, but you said it feels too easy and, and you compared that to, um, to cutting your hair and which is a huge deal for you because you you have a huge beard which i am very jealous of <laughs> right and very long hair uh but but it is too easy right and so i think how you compared you, you know you wrote that note and then you compared it to your own self and stuff i think is is what to me spoke volumes to it and um it is real and so i didn't mean to interrupt you but there's parts of what you were saying in those that i thought were um were really really cool yeah yeah, to me, the power in it is, is not even so, I mean, it is the words because that's your story. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I'm just going to kind of fire through the rest. Somebody has to find the body. Obviously, it's a very real thought, right? That's a reason um, not to be a statistic. And then the last one was to watch another sunrise. And bottom line is, man, you have been so transparent and you, to me, you really lay it out there all the time um, in a way to say, I'm not sure if this is going to help, but if it does... Um, or if it doesn't go find something that does, it's clearly something you're passionate about. And I just applaud you for, for the honesty, um, you know, for that. So keep up the great work. Uh, I am personally interested in if running plays a role in kind of, you know, some of that mindset or some of the things that go on behind the scenes there, ha has that been a benefit in terms of some of the mental health discussion? 
definitely. Um, obviously, you, you mentioned Run to Run, which was also that same post. It was a, a post that I did in 2017 where I did the middle fingers up to the demons. And someone who I would consider a very close friend of mine, Jess, is the person who founded Run Talk Run. And she sent me a message out of the blue. And then from there, we started talking. I went to a couple of runs and then she was asking if would anyone like to lead the group that was uh, in Waterloo in central London. And I didn't, I didn't even hesitate. I just virtually put my hand out. I was like, I'll do it. Even though I live nowhere near there, I have to travel to like over an hour, of oh, half wow. an hour to an hour, and then I'll do a three-mile run and then do it and then go home. So that's a big chunk, but I like doing it because I know I've run by myself for 10 years. Someone else might need that extra bit of support to get out and meet other people. Other times I've not felt I was in a good place to go along and support someone. And actually this happened earlier this year. Uh, this person messaged me saying, would you be able to come and do a run? And, I will, and this is a person I've got a lot of respect for. I went, yes, I'll come and run with you. And in fact, I came away a lot better for it. We both did. So in, in that aspect, running does help a lot with mental health because when you run, if you're running slow enough, you can talk. You're not having to focus on the person next to you other than maybe not running into a lamppost, which <laughs> I have done once or twice. <laughs> but you're not having to worry about what their facial expressions are or if they're judging you because of your. it's a safe space for you to talk about whatever you want. Um, another aspect pertaining to the mental health is if you, it's, it's quite a cliche general expression I've read in a couple of books, but if you can do a marathon, if you can do an ultra, if you can do a Spartan, if you can get through the, the highs and the lows and a very mediocre middle bit where you're like, oh, this feels easy, slump, then what isn't there that you can't do? Yeah. And there, there's been some absolutely atrocious races I've been in because of either the weather or how I've been feeling but I still want to try and get get to the end and I mean I've not I mean I'll I'll be very transparent with you I've not had a great day and when you said the the things from the other post I had that nice warm feeling go through my body it's like yes I did see that maybe this day might end on a good note and other people uh, might deal with it differently. They might go out for a run and I just might look at my medals or I'll look at a photograph I took or a race photo and went, let's do more of that and not think too much about the fact that I might not want to wake up tomorrow. Let's wake up tomorrow and try and find another reason to want to not end it. Yeah. So, so here's, here's interesting that you're saying that, um, <clears throat> let me commend you because, um, what you're doing, uh, by being as transparent as you have been and stuff is you are speaking in, in a way to people who don't want to talk about it and won't want to think about it and don't want to express themselves to other people about what they're going through. Um, 
you are inspiring so many people to talk and to, to put things like mental health out there and to have that conversation. Being a part of Run Talk Run, for example, you use that visual uh, imagery of the fact that you don't have judgment from somebody because you're sitting, you're running side by side. I mean, it's huge because, you know, if you, if you think about going into a counseling session, because I've been there, right? Um, I'm having somebody talk to me about my problem sitting across from me, and it's, it's more confrontational. But when I'm running next to somebody, or if I'm even sitting next to him right now, right, it's like we're, we're on the same side of the conversation together. And so the things you're doing by participating in leading run talk runs and by, by putting yourself out there is you're sitting on the same side of the table with people and inspiring them that they can get up the next day. And they do want to do that because what they're contributing um, may not feel like it in that moment, but they are changing people's lives one day at a time and they may not even realize it. And so um, I do commend you for it. And, and I, do, I know it's difficult. Some of these things that, that kind of go through our heads can kind of take us to really dark places. Um, but that's where like even coming in through the central line, like you said, right, is that there is a light at that end of the tunnel that we pull ourselves through. And so um, you, you are incredibly inspiring. And it's one of the reasons that we just had to talk to you. Um, and we think that, that just by looking at your Instagram post, you've, you've impacted us personally in ways that you, you don't even realize. And so um, for that, um, you should know that 100% you should know that. Yeah. And I'll follow that up with, you know, the ultra running guys community is a running community, but it's also a family. And so if anybody is watching or listening that is having those kind of struggles, know that, um, you know, you can go follow Derek. There are people having those conversations and that are transparent and you're not alone. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's so powerful. And that's really why, you know, I commented and just said, man, you know, in a, in a world full of, uh, you know, flexes and looking at my runs and all that to see something that real come across, like I said, man, keep it up. Um, I, I, don't... I just, like, I just, I was just like, impressed. Someone from the US is sharing my stuff. <laughs> it's, it's real, man. And so, we, you know, I don't, I don't want to kind of linger too long on it. Um, but I just want you to know you're making a difference whether you feel it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, and so hopefully, you, you know, you kind of take solace in that and, and appreciate it. Um, but the running is, you know, the running is freaking awesome too. So, you know, we love, we love both aspects. He's the whole package. He is. You are yeah. the whole package. And I uh, lift heavy and run far. That's right. <laughs> and, and you think deep. You do think deep. Um, well, and... My mom would call it navel gazing. <laughs> Again, we love your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Want to have her on. I'll, I'll tell her that when I call her back. Please do. So, hey, man, before we wrap up, uh, we had a couple we, we had a couple rapid fire questions for you. This should be easy ones, but um, just wanted to kind of get to know some things. And so, yeah, rapid fire. So um, first thing that comes to mind, no, no thinking too long, no deep thoughts, right? Um, brand of shoes you wear. Hookup. All right. Uh, most embarrassing moment could be a running moment. I'm not terribly easy embarrassed. I had to poo under a tree next to the Thames. <laughs> That'll work. That'll work. And see, yeah. it, it is impressive if you weren't embarrassed. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. <laughs> true. Very true. All right. Next one is, this is an important one to me. What's your favorite go-to food while on a long run um, or an ultra? If I'm, I'm doing it by myself, pretty much anything. All right. But so the, 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 the last uh, train line, I took the sort of vegan, um, though I'm not a vegan, uh, burritos. It's like a bean burrito. I did the trick. Yeah. Bean yeah. burrito. Awesome. 
So what about knowing that you've been through the cola pee story? What about hydration? <laughs> What's your go-to for hydration? Uh, there's a brand called Tailwind. That's like um, running fuel. Yep. Is there a particular um, flavor? Unflavored because when you put as much water as I do in a, in a bladder, three liters, uh, the flavor gets very tiresome. So unflavored, uh, oh no, naked. 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 Naked tailwind and pooling under a tree. This is good. Yep. <laughs> All right, last one. Um, you kind of touched on this earlier maybe, but um, we'll try. One piece of advice you would give to someone thinking about trying their first ultra. Do it. Do it. Nice. I like you it. don't know what might happen. And so this wasn't on the list, but we didn't ask it. Is there a specific, you, we got your challenges. Is there a specific race on the horizon that you're looking to race or train for? I have, well, it's kind of two, one is a race and one isn't, um, which I'm both training for. There's, there's a race organizer here called Centurion. They do 50 and hundred mile races and they have a race along the Thames path. It's a different organizer to the other one. Um, this one has aid stations. I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this. The first two attempts were um, self-navigated and self-supported. Wow. So they only had A stations and they could only give you, uh, I think, a marathon at 50, at 80, and then the end. And the only thing they would give you was water. Wow. And did they uh, charge, did they make you pay for that race? Oh, uh, it was 100 quid, 100 pounds, <laughs> a like pound a mile. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that logic when they do the races like that. Sorry if you're a race director. I think director. it was for the tracking and stuff. I think, I'm not really sure. I just went and did it because um, I was running it in memory of a friend of mine that just passed away. And I was like, I want to do, a, I've done 100 kilometers. I'll do 100 miles. Right, that one. What have I done? <laughs> I have been there. Um, but yeah, this, this one I'm training for next year, they have a lot more age stations with food, so I won't have to carry all of my stuff, which I'm really happy for. Uh, the other one is a strength goal, which um, I'm also a certified kettlebell instructor. I don't have any clients, so if anyone wants to be trained by me, <laughs> uh, plug, um, by uh, an organization called Strong First, and they have a challenge called the Beast Tamer, which is to do a strict press, a pistol and a pull-up with the beast, which is the 48 kilo kettlebell. Wow, 48 kilos, I have to convert. Sounds heavy. Sounds heavy. <laughs> well, I've got a 40 over there. Um, wait a minute, I've got a 24 here. Uh, it'll be 108 pounds. Dang. <laughs> That's legit, man. Yeah, yeah those, those, those ones I got nothing cool. to say to that. That's legit. <laughs> Well, here we go, man. I just want to say thank you so much, uh, you know, for spending your time with us, for working around the schedule. Uh, I want to thank everybody from the Ultra Running Guys community for plugging in. Uh, this has been a really special episode. Go follow Derek. Um, it's Derek Goes Running. He's also got, we didn't mention it, but he's also got a photography account um, oh, yes. that's at the running photo guy. Indeed, there is some legit stuff on there. Um, I'd love to talk about it more at some point, but if you're into photography, go check it out. And uh, yeah, if, if you enjoy what we're doing, uh, give us a like, give us a follow, plug in for the next podcast. But Derek, thanks so much, man, for being with us. Thank you very much for asking. I'm, I'm feeling very humbled now.
<laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk soon and cut. Don't Thanks. go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you, by the way, you are still being recorded uh, because we could do that. I told you again, we record. Oh, yeah. Because you never know. There may be something that we really like. Get injured this morning on my run, haven't you? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. It's great. If it's just for like a moment, we'll say it. You know, something stupid like you just recently said, right? <laughs> Microphone on my. Dude, that here doesn't seem to work unless I have one of these things. We're going to edit the junk out of this at times. <laughs> <laughs> so, boom, massacres. Boom, massacres, for sure. Yeah. We're going to, this is always the weird part for me. We're going to kick it off. <laughs> Not for me, because I make you do the intro. I know, you make me do the intro, but that's all right. In the center of the city, one second. My phone is going off. <laughs> hey, listen, I got a day job too. I'm on lunch break. So, um, <laughs> what's that soldier behind Jeremy? The other side. Oh, here. Yeah. It's a nutcracker. nutcracker. I've just been. Uh, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, a creaky door. What were you saying now? Oh, the creaky person? door. I thought it was someone screaming. <laughs> um, you're the real deal, like I said, uh, and I mean that. Um, Who's Jeff Winchester? See? He had no idea. Huh? Yeah. I thought you were an English guy. I, I am. <laughs> You've seen my camp, right? Yeah. <laughs> Spread the ultra-running guy joy. Oh.